and might not lift for three months and then come back to it. One of the things I've found since the accident is that I will get very frustrated with something and then just walk away. And I know earlier I said it's important just to push through and carry on. I don't always follow that advice. And it's not a deliberate thing, but it is a very conscious thing. Hi everyone, my name is Andy Rickson and this is Built by Fitbod. Welcome back to the show. Today we have another fabulous episode for our listeners. This is a community member highlight with Andy Rickson. And I remember when I approached Andy with the idea of sharing his story because I felt like his story is maybe one that's a little bit different. Most of us, I think, or myself, I take it for granted that I choose to exercise and that I choose to stay fit. And Andy's going to share with us a story of him uh, getting into kind of a, the fight of his life to regain the things that he lost as a result of a horrific motorcycle accident. And he used FitBod and his regaining a fitness uh, to, to really just get back to the life that he wanted to have. And he's still on that journey. He's still fighting that battle on a daily basis, but he shares his story and the things that he's learned along the way. And I think many people are really going to be inspired and maybe step back and feel a little bit more gratitude for the things that we are choosing to do and the things that we don't have to do. Yeah. It made me think about that. It made me think about all the things that I take for granted, truly an inspiring story. So stay tuned. Andy, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Good, thanks. Great to be here. How long have you been in the FitBod Facebook community? I'm not 100%. I've tried to find out the other day how long I've been on FitBod itself, the app, and it was either Jan 17 or Jan 18. So I okay. think the community was probably not massively long after that. So quite some time. That's great. I understand that you experienced an injury that caused you to change the way you're working out and your approach to health and fitness. I had a major motorbike accident, I guess you call it that. It created a lot of injuries initially, which were not so long-term, but others that were much more long-term. I basically had to lose control of the bike to avoid hitting a van that was coming the wrong side of the road. So I avoided the van, but hit a concrete block on my side. So I broke all my ribs on my left side, both shoulders, front and back, oh. ruptured my spleen, banged my head and a few other ligaments and things like that. So I spent about a week in intensive care, well, the high dependency, and then came home, then another three weeks in hospital after a week, and then had a chest strain in for three months, lost all strength, didn't eat really, stopped sleeping pretty much all the time. And then really it took two years before I could even physically do anything other than just exist, forget mm -hmm. weight. I mean, I had physio, I had osteopaths, I saw surgeons and specialists, and they'd give me little exercises like holding a can of beans and just rotating. Mm -hmm. That was as much as I could do. As far as actual elevation, it was like that, if I had anything at all. Without weights, forget it. My wife, who's American and I met because of the accident, she came over. She had been into weightlifting and not heavy duty stuff, but just keeping fit for a long time. She was actually, I think, a model for World's Gym or Gold's Gym in the 80s or 90s. So she pushed me to work out again and do it properly. But the limitations were extreme to the point that I really didn't want to do it because I felt embarrassed. I felt quite pathetic. Spoke to surgeons. Most of their opinion was let it heal and see what happens rather than be invasive. The physiotherapists were pretty good. A few of them were a bit not so good, but most of them were, again, it will take time. 
do little bits and then gradually it'll come back. I'm not good with that at <laughs> all, either with taking instruction or taking it patiently. So there was a lot of two steps forward, one step back, or in some cases, one step forward, three steps. And I played around with working out. I went to the gym with my wife, did okay, but still had a lot of limitations. And I actually didn't like being in a public gym because I could almost have little kids come up and pull heavier weight than me. And whilst I know there's a reason for it, it's still not great. We got a home gym anyway. We basically beefed it up. I got free weight. We got other things, benches and stuff like that. Then I tried a few different programs online that were supposed to help specifically with injuries and things like that. There's a lot of dubiousness. Some of the advice I was getting was really heavy and I'm thinking, okay. I found one lot of programs, which was mainly for arms, but someone in that group had posted a picture of the recovery screen on Fitbod. And I was like, oh, what's that? And they said, well, it's this app. This is what it does. And so I went and looked for it found it, downloaded it, and instantly the ability to pick and choose and change as you go, rather than have a very defined, you must do six sets of eight reps at this weight. I literally programmed in that I was a beginner, everything was low weight, everything else, and then it would generate some. And if I didn't like the look of it, I'd just say, no, I don't want that one, I want something different. And that was really the key for me that I thought, right, this is probably the one. It's not making me do stupid things. It's not giving me exercises that I can't do. I can exclude all the machinery at a gym because I haven't got that. That's not a problem. And then gradually I built up. And the fact you can look back and see what you've done and compare it to how you were three, four weeks ago and actually see some improvement, not just think, oh, I'm not sure if I am or not. And then gradually my extra sort of strength came back. I mean, the pec deck was the biggest. I couldn't have any weight on it. I literally had to just use it without weight. And even then it was just like, oh my God. Whereas now I'm at the max that the home gym can do without any, I still got a little bit of restriction. That's probably the most frustrating thing. And that'll probably never come back because of scar tissue on the bones. I'm still very much on the way. I'm not anywhere near or whatever. Some of that's down to me, just not always sticking to it and not always sticking to my diet, much to my wife's disgust. She needs clean. Everything's clean. So she's the opposite of me, if you like. Do you ever stop and just look at the journey and the, the growth that you've experienced since you found it? And I must admit, I look more at the weight I've been doing consistently rather than mm. the achievements because mm. when you literally can't use any weight you've got loads of achievements suddenly because you're suddenly going i'm doing five kilos and i'm doing 10 then i'm doing 15 so i think it's more about the consistency i can see the gradual improvement sometimes quite remarkably mm -hmm. and then there's times where i'll just walk away for three four months yeah. and then come back and think well i'm gonna have to start all over again and suddenly i'm like Actually, I'm still up there. Do you look good. at the year-end reviews that they yeah. send you? Do you get those emails where they total up all of your numbers? I've lifted 600,000 kilos. What was your mental attitude from the moment of the accident? You know, what was the mental wrestling you had to do to bring yourself to not give up? It's interesting. I don't often talk, very rarely talk about that. In fact, in between we did the prep thing and this, I was thinking, do I really want to talk about that? Because I don't often, I talk about the physical side, the mental side was probably, I think a lot of it, I didn't even realize at the time because I didn't sleep. They got me to see a psychiatrist. So I'm not sure if it was a psychotherapist, psychiatrist, just to see if there was any like PTSD from the accident, keeping me awake. And I sat with him for about an hour. And then he said, you're the most level-headed person I've ever spoken to. He said, you're more level-headed than most of the people that are normal. I'm like, oh, okay. So there was no sort of delay trauma, but it was the actual 
feeling of, well, first of all, it was the acute pain. That was, I've really never experienced anything as prolonged or as bad as that. Obviously, with all your ribs broken, any movement full stop is just agony. And that was bad. To be perfectly honest, there was a few times where I thought, you know what, if I don't actually wake up tomorrow, it, I don't care. It's that bad. That's not to say that I didn't want to wake up, but it was just, that's how I felt at the time. Ongoing, then there was the whole issue of feeling pretty useless. I was very lucky that I had my wife and I can't stress enough how much her support got me through it physically and mentally. I mean, as I say, I'd go to a public gym and I'd literally be embarrassed to try and do anything because I was so weak. There was probably no one judging me other than myself, yeah. but I still had that and I felt useless and I felt worthless. And it took a long time to be perfectly honest, doing the weights and getting more strength was the biggest mental boost, I would say. I'm still getting there. There's still moments where I think whatever. And I see people say, you know, lifting weights or doing general fitness gives you a real sense of self-worth. And I used to think, really? But now, absolutely, 100%. Far more than any doctor or specialist. They can fix physical injury to a point, but fixing it yourself mentally with support is a big deal. I think that is. I think you're right. And I think it's the sense of self-autonomy, the sense of self-accomplishment, taking the situation in your own hands and uh, working through it. And having gone through a major injury like this, you're uniquely qualified to help others in that same situation. What advice would you have for folks maybe coming out of an injury, looking to pick up weights? Maybe they've got the app. What advice would you have for those folks? Patience. And it sounds trite, but you've got to have patience. And then persistence. You've got to keep at it, even if you think you're not getting somewhere. And one of the biggest things with the football group, the community, is the support. You can feel terrible and say, oh, I've not done anything. Someone will say, no, look, you're really doing good. You're looking good, whatever. And that little boost and seeing others achieving different levels of fitness themselves. And also seeing people not achieving things, almost failing, putting it out there that they're failing, which in itself is a help me, which is great. You mentioned that you hardly speak about the mental side of it. Now, at this point, looking back, seeing how much you've improved, how's your mental outlook at the moment? Pretty good. The biggest issue for me is chronic insomnia as a result from the accident. And no one's really pinned down exactly why. I will get on average maybe two hours sleep a night if I'm lucky. And not in one go, that will be broken up. So there's a frustration with that. But the physical side is getting there and I can see that. And that really does help me with even the frustration from the sleeping. But I think letting people know it's all right not to be all right. Even the medical profession, a lot of them, I can remember going to see a doctor. It was the case of I'm not sleeping. Blah, blah, blah. He says, well, you look all right. And as soon as he said that, I was like, we haven't got a clue what he's talking Because, all right, I might look all right, but I can guarantee you I'm really not. So I think there's that acceptance of you've got to put it out there and not be embarrassed by it. And I think it's finding the right group. And I think we're very lucky that we have found the right group. Because if someone does put it out there, no one I've seen has come back and said, oh, don't be an idiot or just man up or woman up or whatever it is. You don't get that. That can be crushing, really crushing if you're fragile. Mentally. So, so the physical achievements, I think, are sometimes easy for us to see and to recognize as we see the growth physically. But as you look back, like what are some of the character traits that you've had to develop as you've gone through this experience? Patience, which I think my wife would probably laugh at. You have to get on with things. No matter how bad you feel, you've just got to say, I, I can lie here and just feel really bad. 
but nothing's going to happen, but I might as well just get up. It's not going to kill me. I've already gone through that, mm. but it's really not. And just get on and live as normal in life as you can. You'll always have bad days. I just say to my wife, she's like, I'm having a bad day. Just leave me alone. It's the best thing. And then she's off. But that's the thing. You're always going to have that. But nine times out of 10, whatever you build up mentally in your head is far worse than when you physically do something. Even this, I was thinking before, I know, no one's going to want to listen to me. And then I was always quite nervous. And then doing it now, what was I worried about? I think is that whole building up in your head and not letting it stop you doing things. You've just got to say, you know what, to hell with it. Even if I fail, I'm going to give it a go. Do you find yourself appreciating life differently pre and post the accident and the rehab? I do. One major part of that is that I met my wife because of the accident. So I've had that benefit of living here. I'm being married to her and everything, which is great. And I didn't have it before the accident. So that, that's a big deal. My life is different without yeah. doubt, without question. What I used to do before what I do now, things change. And I've still got some limitations physically in movement. And the sleep is the biggest thing at the moment. But I think I have something to look forward to. And I guess initially you see nothing but the bubble you're in whether that's acute pain, frustration, desperation, despair, whatever you want to call it. And it's very difficult to see out of that. It takes someone literally to sometimes reach in and drag you out. Or if you're very lucky, have the initial strength to reach out. And I think anyone that's going through that, that's the biggest thing. Talk to someone. Tell them how you feel. Even if it's just, I feel absolutely terrible and I'm raging. If you don't tell people, they don't know and it causes all sorts of problems. So you've mentioned the community as a place that you find some positivity and some good feedback and encouragement when needed. Do you remember wading into the community for the first time and maybe your angst about doing that? Because I'm wondering if a lot of people are actually going to be surprised to hear that this is your story, because I don't think it's something that you splash loud and clear on a regular basis. You seem like you're just a dedicated soul going about this without this major story that's happened. So do you remember wading into the community and what that experience was like the first couple of times? I looked for quite a while because when I joined, I was still very much in, I'm not anywhere near where I want to be. And I see all these people and I'm thinking, oh God, I can't do that. And to be honest, the Flex Friday thing, I've only joined the last couple, I did one about a year ago and then really the last couple of weeks. And that's taken me five years. I'm slow. But no, you just, I think it was the first time I posted and then getting the positive reactions. To it. And at that point, you think, you know what? This is good because you're going to bear your soul effectively. Luckily, I only told the three of you about my mental issue. No one else will ever know. It's safe with us. <laughs> I've told a few people about the physical injuries, not mm -hmm. the mental soul. But then I see people posting Chris Finch post recently that he's struggling with things and he's got injuries and, and then people just come out. And I think that's the key. People see yeah. that. But yeah, it took a little while to sit back and just wait and see what was going on. But then once yeah. I did, I didn't regret it at all. I think you'll be amazed when people do listen to your story that they will find a connection there. Because even though it's an open community, there's a lot of people who hold back because it's sensitive to them. And trust me, I know people will be glad to have heard your story and the fact that you're willing to share with us. For that, we say thank you. Thank you. I'll echo that with you there, Gio. Even though people might not have gone through the same experience that you have, people are having their own struggles and their own challenges. And you sharing your struggles, people will recognize that their struggles are okay as well. It's okay for us each to have our individual struggles and we relate to others, even though we don't have to be going through exactly the same thing as them. So sharing is a huge part of that, being vulnerable and allowing other people to see that 
it's not easy for you either. You might make it look easy on a day-to-day basis, but it's not. Oh, I agree. I see a lot of the pictures of people that are really progress really well, but I guarantee they have bad days. You see people post, I'm not feeling it today, but this is my picture. I'm thinking, God. Are you still working out at home? And if you are, tell us a little bit about your home gym setup and has that evolved through your journey as well? We've got a multi-gym, a York one, I think it is, where we've also got Bowflex adjustable hand weights, Bowflex bench, free weights, dumbbells, barbells, gym ball. Well, that's a sore subject because it burst the other day one. And a few other bits and pieces, resistance bands. For a while, I've been doing push-pull legs, rest, push-pull legs. This week, I've started a different program, which is mass arms, legs, chest, back, shoulders, and then it's high reps, low weight arms. So so that's six days and then rest. But also doing feeder exercises on non-arm days with bands. So it's 400 with 200 curls, 200 tricep push down very quick. It's just to oxygenate the biceps and triceps. I've done it before, but I gave up about halfway through it. So this is a 90 day program. So I'll go up at the moment. I'll be going up sort of early afternoon and then it's probably about an hour and a half to two hours. I also throw in abs. I've got a bit mental about that. I don't know why, but I do a few. Now I always do at least two different have exercises to finish, whether that's decline crunches or things like that. Flutter kicks I've been doing for glutes. The ability with that one is if I have to take a break, something crops up, I can then come back to the next day. So I'm not losing consistency with it. I'm at the point now where I don't have to force myself to do it. I mean, it's right now I want to do it. It's not, oh, do I have to do it? So your wife inspired you and you guys met through this accident that you had. Does she work out with you? She does her thing. I do mine. And that works fine. It's not the biggest room anyway, but I think it's more initially when we lived in a place called Rye, which is just down the road for a while when she first came over and we joined a gym then and we did go together. We still did separate routines. She's incredibly fit and cut, although she doesn't believe that she is. She puts me to shame, but no, she'll go up either early morning or before me and then I'll go up. She does full body workouts, whereas I'll do specifics. So up until recently, it was push four legs, which I liked, but I prefer this one now. Let's get back to the app momentarily. The app has changed quite a bit over the time that you've been using it. Talk about your favorite features of the app. Supersets. For me, again, the flexibility of being able to change it on the go. I would find quite fairly often, not so much now that I'd be in the middle of an exercise and I just feel something go. Just it's a warning, not a broken thing. But I could just stop straight away, right? That's it. I'll finish that set, delete the rest, and then do something different and reprogram as I go without actually having to reset and redo it all. But supersets at the moment are my favorite. It makes the workout a little quicker. And it, do you create your own supersets? Generally, I'll let the app tell me what it's given me for that day. And then I'll normally, nine times out of 10, I'll delete everything on my own in. Or I'll leave a couple. If it's given me a superset for abs, I'll generally leave it because it's quite nice to do something you've not done before. Mix it up. Yeah. And if you do it and you think, I'm never doing that again, I'll tell you a secret. I, for a long time, I was thinking, why don't you do drop sets? Because there should be drop sets in it. And I'm thinking, all I've got to do is add another set and just put lower weight on it. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, that's probably why it didn't look too stupid and request it. Jonica introduced me to supersets and creating your own. I didn't even know you could do it. But it's just as simple as selecting the exercises that you want to build a superset. And then there's a little three dots that you can yeah. tap and it says build a superset. So if you're listening to this, wondering what we're talking about, but, yeah, do it. <laughs> Great. You like supersets, but what specific part of your body do you like to work out? 
everybody seems to have a favorite muscle. Shoulders. Legs for a while, but shoulders. I think probably because it was shoulders where I saw the most development weight-wise from the injuries. And bear in mind that I'd broken both the front and broke the back, the clavicle and scapula and I've learned lots of medical terms. Doing shoulder exercises, I could really, for a long, long time, I was plateauing and it was frustrating. So I left and came back. And then I think just before Christmas, I broke a hundred kilos on shoulder shrugs, barbell shrugs. So yeah, shoulders are my favorite at the moment. Legs generally were always a good one. And now abs are getting, pushing their way in a bit, although I don't feel like it afterwards. But yeah, I'd say shoulders, legs and shoulders, 50-50 at the moment. But it does change. And again, with the act, I will suddenly find an exercise I've not done before. And then a friend of mine introduced me to preacher press, which is a bit like the Sven press, but you have to have two plates and you have to hold them together and oh. you push them up. That's wow. it. You could do it low, <laughs> but I did it with 30 kilos, 215 oh kilos, and oh then I went goodness. down to 20. Do you set very strict, firm goals for yourself or is it just looking for progress day in, day out? General fitness, weight loss, when I need to lose some weight. A lot of that's nutrition rather than the weight, doing the weights. I'm not fastidious about measuring and weighing and things like that. I used to be, and I'm not because I now really understand that change is more important to feel or see it than actually be told you now weigh one kilo less. That's important. I mean, I've got a rough target for how much weight I want to lose and be happier at lower that weight. If I feel better in myself, even if I haven't achieved that loss, then that's good. As long as it's steady decrease, occasionally things like Christmas and Thanksgiving, because I have to do that, will screw things up. But then again, allow it. I mean, that's the other thing. Don't go mad at yourself for having a day off and enjoying yourself. If you do it seven days a week for four weeks, yes, you can be mad at yourself. But just having a day off, no, everyone should go without guilt. Speaking of nutrition, do you have a specific diet you follow? Not particularly. I mean, my wife's pretty good. And I know that if I've cooked something and she says, oh, I'm not going to eat that, then I've probably cooked the wrong thing. Nutrition is my weak point, to be honest, more than the, the actual the exercise and everything else. And I need to really refine that. I think I need to look at, I'm pretty loose with macros and protein, fat and carbs, probably more carb heavy than I should be. So I'll revisit that at some point. For a long time, I didn't eat and then I did eat and then I put weight on. Another thing is convenience as well. If I'm out doing something, it's just easier to grab something and eat it. And then you might regret it afterwards. So I need to refine my nutrition. But that is the FitBod Health Eating Group. I can't remember what it's called now. Foodies. So that helps. It's getting ideas as well. I've got an air fryer now, and that's quite good. Chips and English chips are fries. Just everybody talks about the air fryer as just being this like magic. I need one. I need one. You can make yogurt. You can dehydrate. And you use a lot less oil and things like that. So that's what everybody says. People have got to be commenting on the leaps and bounds that you've made. It's a miracle, really. Yes and no. A lot of them don't know the ins and outs of what went on and how it went and everything else. My wife sees it every day mm. and she'd probably say that I'm, I'm a lot more up and down as far as even weight and exercise will take a break and might not lift for three months and then come back to it. One of the things I found since the accident is that I will get very frustrated with something and then just walk away. And I know earlier I said it's important just to push through and carry on. I don't always follow that advice. And it's not a deliberate thing, but it is a very conscious thing that I'm like, even if it's reading a book or watching TV or whatever it is, if I just suddenly lose it, I'm just, that's it, off I go. And so that's probably one of the hardest things. And it's coming back to it, I think, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. It's too late. So 
don't regret anything because there's no point. I think my wife's probably, she's happy with me at the moment. I hope she watched this and she'll tell me she's not. Friends and family, I'm not sure. Yeah. A lot of my friends have said, because I told them about this, they said, oh, we're going to watch it. And so they're probably learning a few things. But yeah, I think, I think generally, fairly positive. Again, I'm very much a work in progress. Yeah. I'm not anywhere near where I need to be or want to be. You said that sometimes you get frustrated and you walk away and you just, you're like, I'm done with it. What keeps you coming back to it? Because I know it's the right thing to do. And I think also after a while, the frustration's gone. And then I'll say, oh, yeah, I used to enjoy that. And I'll come back to it. And then that will be it. And then I'll start again. I'm pretty determined now to carry this on as much as I can and not do that. That's, again, my wife is part of that. So she will, she drops hints, which I know is her way of saying, get upstairs because the gym's upstairs. So it'll be like, are oh, you working out today? It's like, oh, yes, I am. So that helps. I think if she came in and said, get up there, I might be a little bit more reluctant. At the end of the day, the fact I keep coming back to it, I know it's the right thing to do. And I enjoy it. Get me wrong. It's not the frustration doesn't come from the actual the program or anything like that. It's just physically from me. I'll get just frustrated with not being able to do something continuously. And then I say, right to hell with it. Off I go. So it is something that we can accomplish and it's physical, but it is a huge part mental as well. It makes us feel better. It allows us to get our frustrations out. It helps us to deal with all of that like mental health side of things as well. I think for a lot of people, that is almost as much of the equation as anything else. We can't underestimate the power of working out on our mental state. Working out helps produce endorphins. Endorphins are a neurotransmitter. They improve the functionality of your brain. It's proven science that working out can positively impact your mental state. And I've experienced that. That's one of the things I always say is I couldn't do half the things I do in my professional life if I weren't as rigorous in my fitness and my nutrition. Kudos for hanging in and really pushing through. You've faced a lot of adversity. I'm curious if you've got anything else for the listeners, maybe words of advice. Don't be afraid of trying something new and don't be afraid of failing. And again, the advantage of the app, if you're doing an exercise, you just can't do it. Do something to let the app tell you or suggest yeah. something and go with it. Just take a day and say, today, I'm going to do whatever it gives me. And if I can't do it, fine, I'll change it. Just do something different and something new. Changing it up keeps it fresh. Some of the frustration for me was doing the same exercise over and over and over and say, now supersets again, throw those in if you've never done them because you hate that they're great. Oh, I want to thank you for joining us today. It's been a great conversation. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much, Andy. I think people are really going to relate to your story. I think people are going to be inspired by the challenges that you've overcome. And thank you so much for trusting us to share those with our listeners. Thanks to our listeners. Check out the show notes at fitbod.me slash podcast for all the details from this episode. Download the FitBot app from the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. Use the promo code BUILT for a 14-day free trial. We'd love to hear from you. Leave us a comment and a rating on your favorite podcast network. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week.